Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. Celeste, let's change gears and talk about Tesla. They're currently seeking to halt a lawsuit filed by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, or EEOC, alleging racial bias against black workers at their Fremont plant. Yes, it's a complex situation. Tesla is accusing the EEOC of rushing the lawsuit as part of what they're calling a toxic interagency competition with the California Civil Rights Agency. The latter also sued Tesla last year for similar reasons. The EEOC's lawsuit alleges that Tesla violated federal law by tolerating racial harassment of its black employees, and some were even subjected to retaliation for opposing this harassment. The allegations are quite serious, including the casual use of racial slurs and epithets, and even racist graffiti calling for violence against black people. Yes, I've seen the reports. The California Civil Rights Department's claims against Tesla include similar examples of harassment. Both cases are in state court and claim that Tesla violated California's anti-discrimination laws. The EEOC's lawsuit also includes a claim that Tesla broke a federal law banning workplace race discrimination and harassment. And let's not forget the proposed class action that alleges racial harassment filed by workers in 2017. So Tesla's legal team is arguing that a third lawsuit should not be opened until the existing cases are resolved. They're pointing to the possibility of substantial duplication of effort, risk of inconsistent court rulings, and a waste of judicial resources. They're invoking the Colorado River abstention doctrine, which could allow a federal court to abstain from hearing a case if there's a parallel proceeding happening in state court. The idea is to avoid duplicate litigation and promote more efficient justice. And this turf war Tesla refers to in its filing, it's between the EEOC and the California Civil Rights Department, right? Correct. Tesla claims that these agencies have historically worked together to avoid duplicate litigation. But Tesla alleges that this cooperation collapsed due to each agency's eagerness to file headline-grabbing complaints and report multi-million dollar settlements. But Tesla has consistently denied any wrongdoing in these cases, correct? Yes. In its filing on Monday, Tesla referred to the allegations as false and accused the EEOC of hastily wrapping up its sham pre-suit investigation. They're also appealing a $3.2 million award granted to a black former contractor at the Fremont plant in a separate race bias lawsuit. It's a tangled web, to say the least. From one company navigating legal complexities to another facing financial hurdles, Let's shift our focus to the world of electric scooters. It appears there's a bit of a bumpy ride ahead for one of the industry's major players. So Celeste, it seems like Bird, the electric scooter company, is navigating some choppy waters. They've just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yes, it's been quite a ride for Bird, hasn't it? They're planning a financial restructuring process to strengthen their balance sheet, but they'll continue operating as usual. They're aiming for long-term sustainable growth. Right, and it's interesting to see how this has all unfolded, considering Bird's history. It was founded by Travis Vander Zanden, a former executive at Lyft and Uber, in 2017. It's one of many startups that introduced dockless micromobility platforms. But their public debut via a SPAC merger in late 2021 didn't go as planned. You're not kidding. Their stock took a nosedive, didn't it? from a market cap of over $2 billion at its NYSE debut to just $70 million a year later. That's quite a fall. 
Absolutely. And the YSE even issued a warning about Bird's share price being too low. Things didn't improve, and van der Zanden left the company in June. By September, Bird was delisted from the NYSE. And to add to their woes, Bird also had to lay off some of its workforce after buying rival spin for $19 million. But Chapter 11 bankruptcy could offer Bird a lifeline. It allows them to restructure their financials without disrupting their operations. As part of this, they've secured $25 million in financing from Midcap Financial, a division of Apollo Global Management. The goal is to sell Bird's assets. Right, with this stalking horse agreement. It's a strategy to get the most value out of Bird. They start with a baseline bid from their lenders and then open the bidding to external suitors over the next four months. Exactly. And throughout this process, interim CEO Michael Washinushi will continue his role. He sees this as a significant milestone in Bird's transformation. I see. But it's important to note that Bird's Canadian and European operations are not part of this bankruptcy filing. They'll continue to operate as normal. Indeed. And this news comes just a day after Micromobility.com was delisted from the NASDAQ due to its failing stock price. And in Europe, Tier, another dockless scooter startup, recently laid off 22% of its workforce. Dutch e-bike startup Van Moof is also going through bankruptcy proceedings. So it's safe to say that the micromobility sector has had a tough time this year. Let's see how these companies navigate through these challenges in the coming months. While we're on the topic of transportation, let's shift gears from two wheels to four. As we've seen, the micromobility sector has been facing some bumps in the road. Now let's see how the electric vehicle industry is faring, particularly with regard to charging infrastructure. Celeste, it seems like Tesla's North American charging standard, or NACS, is becoming the go-to for EV plugs in the US. Even Volkswagen Group is now jumping on board. Oh, really? That's a big move. Volkswagen Group has a wide range of brands, including Audi and Porsche. They're even implementing it in their new EV venture, Scout Motors, right? Absolutely, you're spot on. They're planning to start building in the NACS charge port from 2025. And it's interesting because Volkswagen's own... Wait, does this mean they're ditching their own charging network? Electrify America, wasn't it? Well, it's not so much ditching as it is adapting. Electrify America recently signaled their intention to adopt the NACS standard too, which was a pretty clear hint that Volkswagen Group wasn't far... So it's like everyone's following Tesla's lead here? Exactly. Ever since Tesla announced last year that it was opening up access to its charging standard, automakers have been lining up. Ford was the first to take the leap in May 2023. And now we have GM, Rivian, Honda, Mercedes, Hyundai, Kia, Toyota, Subaru, even Lucid, a luxury EV company, all adopting the NAC standard. It's like a domino effect. Yes, it's quite the trend. However, not all are on board just yet. Stellantis, the parent company of brands like Jeep, Ram, Chrysler, and Peugeot, hasn't joined the NAC standard. They told TechCrunch they're still evaluating it, right? It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in the next few years. Absolutely, Celeste. The shift towards a unified charging standard could significantly streamline the EV charging process and further boost the adoption of electric vehicles. From the race to dominate the electric vehicle charging market on Earth, let's now shift our gaze upwards to the stars. After a considerable break, one of the key players in the commercial spaceflight industry is back in action. Let's dive into the details. Blue Origin's new Shepard is back in action, Celeste. 
After a hiatus of over 15 months, they've successfully launched their suborbital rocket again. 15 months is quite a break, James. What was the reason for the pause? Well, back in September 2022, there was an anomaly that triggered an auto-abort mid-flight. The capsule, which wasn't carrying any passengers, was ejected safely, but the booster was destroyed due to an engine nozzle issue, causing... Oh, so it was a safety concern, but they've resolved that and are back in action. So what was the payload for this launch? NS-24, as this mission was called, carried 33 payloads for a range of customers, including NASA, Honeybee Robotics, and Draper, a nonprofit research and engineering firm. The mission lasted for... Wait, 33 payloads? That's quite a bit. And the mission was successful? Absolutely. The capsule returned safely to Earth after a brief suborbital flight of about 10 minutes. The launch was initially planned for Monday, but was postponed due to a ground system issue. Interesting. And what's next for Blue Origin and New Shepard? Well, Phil Joyce, the SVP of the New Shepard program, mentioned that the demand for New Shepard flights continues to grow, and they're planning to increase the flight cadence in 2024. Erica Wagner, a senior director at Blue Origin, also hinted at a crewed flight happening. Soon, right? That's quite the comeback for Blue Origin. I'm sure their prospective customers are relieved. Indeed, Celeste. It's a significant step forward for Blue Origin and an exciting development for the broader commercial spaceflight industry.